Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. I was not going to try to do this intro in a Scottish accent. My name is Matt. <laughs> and my name is Casey, coming to you with more clarity than I've ever had. I just switched internet providers, which means I don't think I'm going to sound crazy. I don't think I sounded crazy before, but I think I'm going to sound clearer than I have before. I can see Matt without any pixelation, so that's a good thing. It's not like I'm in Wreck-It Ralph right now. Exactly. I can't, you know, I, I can't now, like, check my phone during our podcast recording or, you know, walk off because Casey will be, you know, uh, uh, keeping an eye on me. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, welcome in to our episode today. Um, we're doing a movie review today, and I don't, I'm trying to think, when was the last time we did a movie review? It's been a bit, hasn't it? It's been a while. I mean, we did, we did the Court of Disney Redemption. I mean, that, okay. that we did that, but not a true, just plain old movie review. And we've been talking about this one for a while. I think this came up when our Once Upon a Time episode was because yeah. um, so we're talking about Brave and yep. we're getting more into the movie in, in, in just a little bit. But Merida, it plays a pretty uh, pivotal role in one of the seasons. And so yeah. you're like, you know what? I've never seen that movie. So, again, another movie that Casey has never seen. Um, <laughs> it's a so, theme around here, folks. I'd say a, a big theme around here, um, which honestly, I mean, is really fun. Like it, it, it and, and I, maybe this is just selfishly for me. It's really fun to get somebody who is a Disney fanatic who isn't hasn't seen all the movies that I've seen and can come in and and it's an interesting take for you to see this movie for the first time. I, I very much enjoy this. Well, and it makes for some good podcasting, too. I mean, it just it's good to get some authentic reactions. And just like before, Matt and I have not shared. In fact, I didn't even text Matt. Normally, I'll text Matt kind of an overall reaction. So he doesn't even know where my thoughts are on this. I have no idea. But before we do that, I um, just want to kind of have a couple minutes of a conversation. Uh, Disney News, um, Disney Store News, and... Um, I also want to reference a, a a poll that was put back um, up on in the, the Facebook group back on June 6th, which had something to do with the rant that you had, Matt, back during um, one of our episodes where you were ranting about Avengers Campus and the virtual queue. And so um, we put a poll up, and, and this was the this was the, the poll question. Hey, all, in preparation for our upcoming episode on Tuesday, here's a new poll. With the opening of Avengers Campus and the continued use of virtual queues, we want to know what is the best way to handle guests for high demand rides? Feel free to add an option if you have a better idea than the three listed. So I listed three. No one added an option, but here were the three choices. Fast pass. I'd rather pick a time far in advance and know what I'm going to visit at a specific time. Virtual queue. Trying to get a spot the day I'm in the park and traditional wait in line. I'll wait the entire day if I have to, if it's an attraction I want to ride. I can say that overwhelmingly, 18 of our votes went to Fast Pass, one vote went to Virtual Queue, and one vote went to Traditional Wait in Line. So it sounds like, Matt, they agree with you, Virtual Queue is kind of like a bleh, but waiting in line for an entire attraction doesn't sound as appeal appealing as either. So a fast pass, you know, 60 days out where you know you're guaranteed a spot would be, it seems like what most people are, are saying is ideal to them. Yeah. And I, I think what gets me is that the fast pass system, I believe, is flawed. Um, I, I like it, but I think part of the reason I like it is because I know how to work it. And but I, I know the complaints of 
where because of the fast pass volume, the standby line also moves slowly. But I also remember if you look back at Disney in the 90s, it was not a pleasant time because there was no fast pass and you just get some of those long, high capacity days where those lines would just really lock up. Well, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of debate right now around, okay, without fast pass. I mean, kind of what you're dealing with with right now, actually, in the parks, there's no fast pass. But a lot of people are like, well, if we didn't have, if there wasn't fast pass plus, these lines would move faster. Yes, in theory they could. But this is something where I've been saying this for a while. I could, I honestly believe Disney would be smart. Just go to an all fast pass. Again, we talked about this before. You get nine fast pass, nine visits to any attraction you want the day of, and they can sort all that out. They can plan the staffing the right way. I understand it takes some of the spontaneity out of it. And maybe you don't include every ride. Maybe there are certain rides that don't need it. I mean, my God, Carousel of Progress, you don't need a Fast Pass for. No. Um, People Mover, I don't even think you need a Fast Pass for that, to be honest with you. There's certain rides you don't. It would be your E-ticket attraction. I'd say C, D, and E, probably. If you're A and B, not so much. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like that's a, that's such an interesting question right now because right now the reason that fast no fast pass is working is because the parks are at such low capacity that there just isn't the volume of people. But that capacity is going to be coming back very quickly. By the I mean, time it, this episode airs, it might already oh, be there. I yeah, mean, this episode's set to air in July, so who knows? Yeah. So I I just I I don't exactly know what the answer is, but my frustration with virtual queues is is still there. But also full admission i have not experienced a virtual queue and so when i go next time uh when i experience it i may be able to speak into it a little bit more but uh, speaking of the parks this is now you know this week was the first time that all parks all seven i believe uh around the world are open at the same time since that pandemic started and and they've they've made a very big deal out about it as, as they should you know i think that the saying is um uh, the sun is now the sun is not setting uh, for the first time in over a year. The sun will not set on a Disney castle, which I think is huge. I mean, really, at this point, I mean, a, a whole host. And by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be a couple weeks. But a whole host of Disney news came out of the parks. All the parks are open back up again. Uh, masks at Disney World are no longer required for outside cast members who have been fully vaccinated. So you'll see cast members walking around without masks anymore. Masks in general have just been dropped from Disney World. You don't, except in very like small couple, situations. Like couple yeah. spots. Yeah, glasses are coming down. The big news, though, fireworks are returning to Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Um, you want to feel like normal again, that's the first, that's, that's like, that's getting us there. And I think the, the next step would be the parades getting, getting the three o'clock parade back. Um, but that said, you know, you mentioned capacity. There is some pent up demand that, you know, I want to go to the parks, but I, it might probably going to happen until 2022 for me. I mean, I want to visit for the 50th, but um, it's a whole year celebration. So maybe, you know, February next year or something. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm in the same boat because it's like, man, I want to go. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Like the demand to go down there is just so high. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, the, yep. the, the, the parks have been closed. People have had to cancel trips and things like that. But well, uh, I'll, I, I will say I'm with all of this new news, 
you know, of course, my social media feeds are full of Disney things, yeah. as it always is. And just seeing the people that are down there on a daily basis. I'm so for, for our Florida listeners who are going there <laughs> I, and our California listeners. So jealous. We are very jealous of you. Now, um, Disney World did announce that uh, the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is not returning. They've replaced it with the Boo Bash. Yeah, which I've heard some... The amount of time that you get for that is not a lot. I am I was shocked. I mean, we, we have talked about the Mickey's Not-So-Scary on here before. And, you know, in, in those cases, you could... The, the party would start at 7, but you could get in at 4. Now, the party starts, I want to say, at 9. You can get in at 7. But the price is the same. That's the thing that's throwing me off. The only thing I can think of the reason why they're doing this is... They're trying to limit the amount of time for the party because they want to get as many people in for the 50th as possible. Like, I mean, frankly put, honestly, I think they could have gone without a Halloween party this year and 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 just kept it all 50th anniversary, and I think they would have been fine. But, you know, Disney is a profit-making organization. They're trying to make the buck. I get it. I completely understand. But it just it does seem a little, a little greedy in, in my book. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially, you know, who knows coming off of this pandemic where people are financially yeah uh, you know that's that's always a a challenge so and then you know the last bit of news that we've got is honestly a little bit of sad news it is. Um, it came out yesterday and really in 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 one case shocking to me that um, another round of Disney store closings have happened. 13, or, 13 stores. And one of them being Glendale which yeah. was the first Disney store and that just that one shocked me a little bit. When, when you go through training, so as a Disney store cast member, you don't go through the traditions training the way Walt Disney World or Disneyland does, but you go through a version of it, a little bit about the history of Disney, and then you learn about the history of the Disney store. And I remember sitting in that training back in 2014, Matt, and learning about the history of the Glendale Galleria store. That store was always the first store that would get the updates, I believe, at the, at the, the, the latest round. It was a IP store. And... Um, or even a, it couldn't even a hybrid at this point, but I'm just, mm -hmm. it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm shocked or I mean, yeah, I think it was an imagination park store. I'm just shocked. I'm just, it, it, you know, I posted this in the group yesterday, you know, this is sad. I mean, these are cast members and the thing, the stat that got me was this, when all these 13 stores are closed, they will be down to 85 stores in, in the United States, mm -hmm. 85 stores at their heyday. They were over a thousand. Yeah. I mean, that's insane to me. Yeah, it's and you know we've talked about this before where it's clear they're trying to move to a more e-commerce and from a business standpoint, I'm sure that makes sense. It is expensive yeah. if if you if you know anyone that runs a storefront or you yourself run a storefront, it's expensive. Like there's yeah. a there there is expense cost there that you don't have in an e-commerce because you're paying for a big warehouse and that's it. But it really does sadden me because Disney Store was such a big part of my childhood and, I mean, now obviously a big part of my adulthood. And there is just something different about being able to go into the Disney Store 
and see the toy or see the piece of clothing and pick it out. And I mean, I've done this with my daughter a couple times where we've gone down to the Disney store and and we got to pick something out and we got to walk around and hear the Lion King song on the We screen. did a podcast episode about yeah, it. I mean, like, come on. Yeah, it's 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 very very sad. So I mean, I I I get it and you know, I get it Disney. We talk about it all the time, profit making company. I totally get it. But it, it just is very, very sad. And I guess on another note, for those of us that either don't want to slash can't live in Florida or California for whatever reason, whether it's our job, whether it's, uh, you know, our family situation, uh, you know, whatever it is, the Disney store was our way of being able to work for the Walt Disney Company and a lot of people to work for the yeah. Walt Disney Company without having to uproot their lives and go down to down to the parks, which if I know people that have done that and and kudos to them. And, and I know people that are loving that. And that's amazing. And I'm so happy for those people. But some of us can't do that. And so this was a way for for people to be a part of that Disney magic in their own neighborhood that is just being taken away. I will say, and this goes back to something you had mentioned on the pod a few months back when the first round came down, you had implored Disney, if this is the route they're going to go, fix shopdisney.com. I will say shopdisney.com has gotten much better. Um, I, I find it's it's very, the app is seamless. And I, I mean, I can, it's almost too seamless to the point that it's <laughs> dangerous. I find myself clicking, because you guys all know I'm, I'm a key collector, those collectible keys. And, and every time there's a new key that comes out right in my Facebook feed, boom, hey, have you seen this key? Like there was a small world one. I just saw the cars yeah. one. Um, so yeah, my key collection keeps growing and Disney has made that dangerous. Um, and, and honestly, you know, yes, I could potentially drive over to my local Disney store, which is still here. Um, but sometimes it's just easy to go click, click, and there it is, you know? And yeah. And so, yeah, they've gotten better about it. I still think they got to fix the, um, the lottery system for some of these special releases. I think that's where a lot of the, the problem is, but, um, it sounds like, and I posted this up in the group, the Facebook group yesterday, sounds like, you know, they, they're really trying to go to this unified approach and really bring some of these franchises to life. And I think we're going to see a lot more park integration into shop Disney, Yes, which to me, awesome. I think that's great. I think working for Disney before they should have brought as much parks into the stores as they could have. And they would have sold the stores want to be closing. If they would have just ordered the stuff that they were selling in the parks and sold it in the stores and made the stores kind of a satellite version of the parks, the stores would be, even more profitable um and i don't think they'd be having i think they'd be closing some stores but i i think that's what they need to do is whatever is left figure out the assortment it's not necessarily the kids toy assortment make it a parks extension of what's going on in the parks i i i i don't understand why the disney store executives have not figured that out i really don't i I, Mm -hmm. well and so i guess i I pose this question to you do you think that this is the beginning of the end of all disney stores i do like i do and again we don't work for the disney store folks we haven't worked there i've I've been there over a year matt has been there almost two years you know we love disney all things disney but i do i do believe that this is going to be the end of the disney store i think that what will happen is all but a select number of them will close i think you'll have what'll happen is the stores that they keep open 
will become flagships. I think New York will stay open. Oh, I Times think, Square, I don't think is going anywhere. Yeah, I think they will stay open. I think Chicago, what will probably happen is all the stores in this area would close and they will open one kind of a flagship location. I don't think they'll keep Michigan Ave. I'd be shocked if they did. It'd be great if they did, but I think they'll find a different spot to make it bigger. I think they'll find one probably in Los Angeles, maybe one in San Francisco. You know, definitely, I, I don't think they'll put one in Orlando. I really don't because, you know, got Disney down there. Maybe one up in the Northeast, maybe 10 stores total and Washington, D.C. maybe. And those are your flagships. They become extensions of the parks. Um, that, that and, and therefore, it becomes kind of a destination. I I don't even think, if they were smart, I don't even think that they would necessarily attach themselves to a mall. I think that they could figure out a way to become a freestanding unit, almost like World of Disney is in Orlando. Yeah. And I mean, imagine you could just name them world of disney world yeah imagine world of disney just like in 10 places around i mean that would be that'd be awesome yeah that that, that's that's my thought and again we have no inside knowledge of this whatsoever but i I get it it sucks but i get it i think that's where i'm at you're you exactly it 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 stinks i i'm so sad but i get it i mean if i was if i was in charge of a of a business right now i'd try to move more stuff online too yep and and the Disney the Disney market is so saturated. I mean, you, you can get Disney Disney products the way they franchise and license and do all that stuff. Anyway, you know, we talk about the quality of stuff that that um, you can get at a Disney store versus at a Target or a Walmart or, or JC Penney or whatever. But the general layperson doesn't get that. Like. To but a even point, the nice stuff, you can to, get nice stuff at Box Lunch. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or, or on Amazon. I mean, I got these beautiful stuffed Mickeys that I bought that are collectibles. They're actually better shaped than what I would have bought at Disney. They're, they're, they rival the Mickey Memories collection, like in my mind. Um, but the general layperson doesn't necessarily get that sometimes. And, you know, I, 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 I hate to say this, but I think, Matt, you and I are maybe Disney snobs, which in the Disney community, that's what you know we are. We get the difference. But the general Disney fan, when I've had these conversations with people in my life who are just general Disney people, they go, eh, Mickey Mouse is Mickey Mouse. And it hurts my it hurts my soul to say no, it's, but it's not. It's not. But I get what you're saying. To a three year old, Mickey Mouse is Mickey Mouse, right? That's very um, true. You know. So anyway, to our fellow cast members, we feel you. We feel your pain. Um, we get it. You know, just hang in there. You can you can make magic. I was having this conversation with someone the other day. You can make magic wherever you go. And it's and I used to say this to the cast all the time. It's not the magic that makes it work. It's the way you work that makes the magic. And you can make magic no matter where you go. So anyway, um, let's talk about Brave. Yes. So, okay. So, uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to set this up where this was actually, this movie came out in, oh, I should have this, you know, memorized by now. Um, 2012. 2012. Yes. And so this is, um, one of my wife and I's first dates. So our first date was Emperor's New Groove. I, I brought it over and have you told it. me that before? No wonder you like Emperor's New Groove so much. I don't so, know if I do that. I, I don't know if I've actually said that on the pod. Yeah. So I mean that was like that was <laughs> I, I, I she decided to marry me, you know, still after all of that. So yep. um so yes, that definitely plays into why I think that why I love that movie so much. But this was one of like the first we went out, we saw this in theaters when it released in twenty twelve. 
and I remember I remember watching it. Um, and so I really have not watched it a lot since 2012. So I, wa- I turned it on last night and watched it for the first time in probably like eight or nine years. So so Casey, like oh, just overall impression. What did you think of this movie? Well, before I jump there, so I think it's important to say 2012, um, it grossed $540 million against the budget of 185 It runs 93 minutes long. That said, it is a Pixar movie, and it's it, and that's going to be very important for us to have this conversation for just a couple of This is a Pixar movie. It's Disney Pixar. Uh, Merida is the lone Pixar princess, which is a huge deal. Okay, we'll kind of get into all that here in a minute, but what did I overall think? So, I, as I put the movie on today, first of all, I waited till today to watch it. I knew this episode was coming up, but I waited till today because I really wasn't excited to watch it. I've heard good things about it. Clearly, it did well at the box office. Clearly, Merida is a very popular princess among among uh, kids. But as a 38, 38-year-old man, I just didn't have the mm to go watch it. What's funny, though, is unlike other Disney movies where I pretty much know the plot, I knew nothing about this plot. I I knew Merida was there. I knew there was a bear. I had no idea what the bear, <laughs> what the bear was all about. Um, and honestly, I thought the plot that I watched in Once Upon a Time was what the plot was I was going to watch. And it's not. It's clearly a different plot. No. So I, I turned it on. And I wasn't excited, and and I'm gonna I'll be honest with you. I cheated and read the plot before I turned it on. I, okay. I read it just so I had an idea. And, I, and even reading the plot, it's like, ah, oh, it's gonna be boring. It's gonna be an hour and a half of my life. I'm not gonna get back. So I'll do it while I'm folding laundry or whatever. That didn't last very long. I turned it on. I stopped folding laundry and I sat down and watched it before I knew it. The whole hour and a half was up. And I was like, that was good. I found this movie to be a really good movie it's compelling it's fun you don't know where it's gonna go and i'm sorry the queen is a bear that whole gimmick <laughs> i didn't even i had no idea that was gonna happen i knew there was a bad bear i knew about mordu i did not know the queen turned into a bear like that's the whole plot device and i had no idea and i had so much fun watching this bear's reactions and the way she's you know moving her hands around and you know you guys can't see what i'm doing but like the way she's all prim and proper as a bear and the way she tries to cut the blueberry and i just i I thought it was a really good movie, and and I'm almost disappointed that I've missed out on it for the last nine years, to be honest with you. And I will say, this is saying something, because you are on the record on this podcast saying Pixar just never has landed for oh, you yeah. the same as it has I didn't for... think about that. Yeah. I, think, I think you're right. Now that I think about that, thinking that this is Pixar, could this be one of the best Pixar movies there is, in my mind? Yeah, I think besides Inside Out, I would put this as top two or top three. Wow. See, I, and, and yeah, I would because it definitely beats Cars. I, I like Finding Dory and Finding Nemo, but and Toy Story is good, but not great. We've talked about that before. You know how I feel about The Incredibles. <laughs> I, I I would I would put this up there. Yeah, I would put this up there behind behind like be, behind the likes of like Inside Out. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I. I remember seeing this movie in 2012 and thinking like, eh, okay. And then I watched it again last night. 
I forgot how funny the movie is. Not right? just the bear, but her dad, King Fargus, is <laughs> the the point the part where he imitates Merida. It, I was cracking uh, up. It's good. It's um his whole his whole character where it's like it's clear he doesn't really want to go along with this whole thing. Like he clearly supports Merida, but also has to like do this duty thing and um and then the the three clan leaders and uh, just the movie is funny and it's the witch really funny the movie. witch is hilarious yes the witch is absolutely hilarious i you know i was expecting you know what what would have been like a really scary witch you know no she's all funny as heck like the whole the whole if you're that redheaded redheaded princess <laughs> dump the third vial into the pot and then and then Roberta tries to remember the thing about how to uh, about how to break the spell and she's can't and she she goes let's try this again and she says it again like it's just it's really funny i i, I agree it's a funny movie I, I i found myself chuckling a lot well, and and that part especially that you just mentioned is a great like what adult has not been in an endless call center thing of like if if you want this, press one. If yep. you want this, press two. And that's such like a good joke in there. Now, um, I will say this. So so I was watching this 2012 movie through 2021 eyes. I will say I'm sure in 2012 the visuals for this movie were stunning. Looking at it now, though, after seeing the likes of like Frozen 2 oh, yeah. and Toy Story – it, you know what is what is now possible. You look at it and go, oh, ooh, ooh, ah, like it. It, it looks good, but it's not. It's almost like it, it's missing that final polish that Frozen Two and Toy Story Four and and some of these newer onward all have. It's missing that 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 polish of the visuals. Well, and, mean... and the thing. Well, the reason I raise that though is because I think the directors were. We're trying to show some of it off in 2012. If you look at some of those shots, those scenic shots, and I know when I read up on this, they developed an entire new animation system. I get all that. But to just in, in that short period of time from 2012 to 2018, 2019, when Toy Story 4 and, and Frozen 2 all came out, what a jump in technology, man. Seriously. Well, the jump where you can see it the, the 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 best is you watch Toy Story and then you watch Toy Story Four. Yeah, and the the it is night and day. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I I was almost expecting Brave though, because it, you know, two, I think of 2012 as being really recent, but it's not. It's nine years ago. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it's really not that recent. But I was I, I think when I first turned it on, I was expecting that polish, and you realize, it, like you like when you. I don't want to put this when you go from frozen Two to snow white and seven drawers or frozen Two and peter pan okay you get it it's, it's a jump in time of 50 plus 60 plus 75 plus years whatever right and it's a different style of animation altogether but when you go from a frozen two or a toy story to a brave same kind of animation it's more noticeable in my book. Does, does that make sense? I get it. Like, and that's and that's the tough thing that I mean, all Disney movies now are going to have to kind of deal with is, yeah, it, it is hard to look at what we have today and what's possible today and and not be critical of it. But mm-hmm. I, I I attune this to um, to a lot of um, honestly, this is a weird thing. This maybe a weird thing to say, but I attune it to um, when I read the Bible. 
Okay. And I have to put whatever book of the Bible I'm reading in the historical context that it is in. So, um, you know, that can help provide a deeper understanding of what's going on in that scripture. And I think this works with with these movies as well is, OK, I'm watching Brave 2012. I have to put myself into 2012 a little bit, because if I watch it with my 2021 eyes, yeah, I'm going to go, oh, this animation is kind of off. Yeah. So I, I will say, speaking of that, so speaking of putting it into the into the, the context of when it was done, I think one of the things that I do like about this movie, among many things, is the fact that the cast of characters, that, or the, the actors, I should say, they're not memorable actors other than Emma Thompson, which, mm -hmm. you know, she's phenomenal, but Emma Thompson's also not one of those who, you know, is regarded for a specific period of time. Like they didn't use who was in the, the know at that moment. Like they, they, they used actors and actresses who maybe they're, they're, they're B list actors. Maybe they were a list, but they weren't in the moment, like the flavor of the year. And so as such, as we've gone through the last nine years and, and you got someone like me watching it for the first time, you don't, you don't have the trope of, well, that person was famous 10 years ago, like we had with the home on the range situation mm -hmm. with Cuba yep. Jr. Jr. and the Roseanne Barr. Right. And again, except for, uh, except for uh, Emma Thompson and again, Emma Thompson, she's just, she's been around for years. And so for her, it's, it's, you don't get that. She's kind of an institution. Well, now, when I this movie came out, it wasn't Emma Thompson in brave like you no. know, it was not the selling point now i did hear um that so they cast kelly mcdonald as merida prior to that though they were gonna have reese witherspoon play her i'm so happy i don't know i, I don't know what happened i'm so happy it did i am too <laughs> why apparently it's because she couldn't do a scottish accent i mean ultimately i think that's at least what i'm seeing but i i you know i don't even know who kelly mcdonald is other than you know, she she's the voice of Merida. It's like it's like Jody Benson, right? Or um, uh, you know, who voices? I believe it's Belle or Ariel. You know, like you don't like you know them for that part, but like you when you see them, you don't they don't it doesn't take you out of it because you know the voice from something else. You that's know what true, I mean? Because that's I mean, well, that is, and that's what I think why the '90s movies were so uh, were so popular. Yeah, it's because they didn't have all these big names, a big name here and there. Because I'm I can hear everyone screaming, well, "What about Robin Williams?" It's like, yeah, but it was just like one person dialed in there, and that was a was, character. That was exactly. a, a caricature too. Like Robin, okay. Robin Williams wasn't the genie. The genie was Robin Williams. Let's just be very clear there. You know, the, the movie that changed all of this was Shrek in 2001, where yeah. the big selling point of that movie was we've got Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow come and, and that those names were pasted on the promo thing. And now that's kind of what animation has become where you know we reference Shrek a lot on this podcast for some reason and I mean, on your other podcast too. I mean, so. Shrek is a very important movie in terms of animation and really yeah. it, cause it comes out at this very, it comes out at a time where the Disney company is at a low yeah. and really does change, uh, you know, change animation in terms of you know where it goes and did is, you know who was originally supposed to voice shrek oh i did and i'm i'm blanking on it chris farley chris farley chris farley actually had recorded i want to say like 80 or 90 percent of the movie and then he passed away and they weren't able to finish it so they cast mike myers and said he kind of stepped in as an old snl alum and um 
he said, I want to do this with a Scottish accent. It was Mike Myers' idea to do it as a Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. Completely yeah. random trivia. But yeah, so so but anyway, the point still stands that that movie kind of pushed us into this hey, we need to get big name actor people and you see this in yeah. in a lot of the movies of the late 2000s, but also I counter this with look at the movies that have been a smashing success recently. You have not gotten your big name people. I mean, look at Frozen. I say yes. Frozen probably the one one exception to that. Frozen Wait. had some huge stars. I mean, yeah. and Dina, Dina Menzel was so well known in the theater community and and in the movie community. I mean, like she she was she was about as A-list star as you could get. Yeah, and then, but I would say and then, she was um, still a little more niche. And I mean, Jonathan Groff, same thing, a little Jonathan more niche. Jonathan Groff, I would agree. Jonathan Groff, not so much. And then um, I'm blanking on Anna. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, Kristen Bell. Yeah, Kristen Bell. Um, I I would say that a lot of her popular – well, she was in Saving Saving uh, uh, her, uh, said, uh, saving Sarah Marshall. Is that right? Saving Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Thank you. She was in that. And so I think she got some of her popularity there. Then after the Frozen, she went into the good place and did some other stuff. But I would agree with you. I, I, you're right. If you think about overall actors and actresses, I guess really Adina Menzel is really the only one who was probably the most popular of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Toy Story already had established voices yeah. from the 90s. So you really can't talk about that. Coco didn't really have established Places. And again, I think in the in the yeah. um, you know Hispanic community, probably a little more established. But I mean, even movies like Big Hero Six does yeah. not ha- like does not have oh it, they didn't advertise it in a way of like look it's these people. The the only one I can think of that they did recently, and it was Zootopia, where they were like, here's Jason Bateman and Jennifer Goodwin. Here are your here are two stars. They're voicing the main character. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. But that movie was filled with so many characters that. I forget that Jennifer Goodwin even voiced uh, Judy Hopps. Like, I forget that. So, but you're right. She did. And Jason Bateman, I didn't even realize he was yeah. uh, Nick Wild or Nick Fox or Nick Wild. Nick Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I do, Dr. that's one thing that I do appreciate about this movie is that a, they went, cause these also might be, uh, uh, you know, huge actors in Scotland that we just aren't aware of True. because we aren't a part of the Scottish culture. Um, but I appreciate that they went that way. And Pixar always does this where, you know, you read they, they go on site to really like look at the landscape and uh, study the culture. And you can tell like that they've put that time into it in this movie. Yeah. So um, so as far as the movie goes, one thing I want to add kind of and maybe we can get into some observations here. I, I don't necessarily know if I've got a favorite character like this is one of those movies where I don't think there's any one character in my mind that stands out. I've already mentioned the bear. The bear cracked me up. The, the queen bear. Um, but what I want to talk about, though, yes, this is a princess movie. But no, this is not a princess movie. Like it doesn't feel think like about it. every other princess movie before this. Other than um, other than uh, um, Princess and the Frog, which I think came out before this, other than Princess and the Frog, every other princess movie, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, she's got to get saved. Sleeping Beauty, she's got to get saved. Cinderella, um, she's kind of waiting for her prince to come, right? Little Mermaid, she wants to marry a husband. Um, J- Jasmine doesn't necessarily want to get married, but it's Aladdin's story. The whole movie is it's about Aladdin's story. Beauty and the Beast, she's got to get saved. Um, um, I just in this particular Mulan? movie, Mu- yeah, I think Mulan might be a good example, and then really any movie after this, really, you know, Frozen and um and and Moana, 
I guess my what I'm trying to get at is this was a princess movie that did not feel like a princess movie to me at all. It like I think one of my and this is going to sound horrible because it's gender stereotypes and I don't want to play that role. But like as a guy, I think one of the reasons why I didn't want to watch this movie is because that's a princess movie. It's just not really my thing. Right. But it's not. It's a fun and I think that maybe is, I think for some men and boys out there who maybe haven't watched this, they might have that mindset too. But the movie's a fun movie. Like, I. And it has you, bears does it make, in it. Does it make sense what I'm trying to say? Well, it, it absolutely makes sense. That, that definitely, um, you know, it, 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 it it has some of the princess movie elements, but it doesn't feel as, I guess, sappy, maybe. Like. Uh, well, okay, here's a great example her making the decision to have the archery tournament and then compete for her own hand. That was a, a twist that was original and I didn't see coming. Like great scene. First well, of all, it's great, a like, great, it's great oh, absolutely. Scene. It's a great scene. Well, the, the, the scene of her riding the horse and shooting all the thing to begin with, with the theme song in the background, but then that scene of her going to all three while the queen is saying, don't you do it. Don't you do it. My point I'm trying to make is that was a twist that we had not really seen in another plot before. Like Jasmine talked, you know, Jasmine was like, I don't want to marry a suitor. I don't want to do this. She downright said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take my own hand. And she did it. She went out there, shot the darn arrows. And in like, that was an amazing scene and an amazing plot twist for the movie that you don't see coming. So you've got that whole element of it, but then you also have a lot of good action in it. Oh, yeah. um, some intense, like um, the whole scene where she stumbles upon the old, the wisps lead her to the ruins of the castle of the old legend. They meet Mordu and, and yep. even the end where you've got a, a big battle. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and, and, and then, but then you also pair it with the three boys who names again, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can <laughs> never remember those three triple. They names. are, uh, hold on. I, I'm going to pull them up right now. They are. Oh goodness gracious! Oh, it says voice cast. Um, oh my goodness! You know what? I don't have it here. Sorry. Oh, here we go. It's Harris Hubert and Hamish. Ha- uh, Har- Harris Hubert and Hamish. I know one of them is yes. Hamish. But yeah. anyway, where they they're like chase. They're they're they they've got the chicken on a stick and they're making it look that like a bear. Funny. Like that's funny. It 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 really weaves in fun and heart and and I also appreciate this about it. So many of these like coming of age movies and princess movies paint the parent to be the ultimate bad guy. Yes. They're the ones that are holding me down. Like Little Mermaid is a perfect example of this. Mean old dad is holding me down. Whereas this, yes, the mom is part of the problem, but Merida is also part of the problem. Yeah. And they both have to come to this mutual understanding, and you see that evolve throughout the movie. And so it's not just like, oh, mean old mom is making me do these things. You under they paint her as a character who really is looking out for Merida, and but also has some flaws. And she she's, has to. She's work almost on those like too. she's almost like Mother Gothel if Mother Gothel was good. Does that make sense? Like that's how that's how she feels to me. Like, I almost did a spit take on my lining. She, she when did. I said that. No, she's like she's like Mother Gothel. If Mother Gothel was not 
in it for like if, Mar if Mother Gothel wasn't in it for nefarious purposes and truly cared about Rapunzel, I think her and 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 the Queen, uh, let's give the Queen the act, Queen Eleanor, Eleanor would Eleanor. actually be very much much in the same. I also want to call out kudos to Disney for having a Disney movie where one of the parents isn't dead. That's like, the other thing. That's like yeah. the, how often do you see that one or both parents dead? Like that doesn't happen very often where both parents are alive and end up making it out of the movie alive too. Like that's the other thing, you know? And, and I think what a breaking of the trope that yep. had one of them died, like had her dad gotten eaten by the bear at the beginning. And I guess that's my, that was one of my questions that I wanted to ask you is, did you think her dad was like going to be dead after the opening scene? I, 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 well, again, I, I was kind of living up to the once upon a time storyline and, and it completely different. Like there were some elements of it, they borrow from it, but it was completely different than what, than what this was. So no, I, well, again, remember I read the, I read oh, the, yes, the thing true, ahead yeah. of time, so I knew she, I knew he wasn't going to be, but I don't know. I just, generally speaking, I, I just think kudos to Disney for, for again, having strong family, you know, and again, showing that you know, Merida did make the mistake. I mean, Merida, Merida is just as much to blame about what's going on. You know, Queen Eleanor is holding her and, 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 and kind of holding her back a little bit, but at the same time, Merida's not making it easy. She's kind of, you know, she's kind of being a little rebellious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that, 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 that both sides have to work on their flaws and, and come through that. So, I feel like this movie should be more popular than it is. I maybe am not as quite as high on like top five as you, but I think this is like top half easily. I, and, and I, I think it should understand. be more popular than what it is. I think it's pretty darn popular. I mean, think about your time at the Disney store and the number of people who would buy Merida dolls. Think about when we got the Merida um, toddler or the, the, the animator doll in and how much people bought that doll. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't think, though, that we, outside of the dolls... The bow and arrow. But even that was and a we very limited... We would sell one, two, three of those a week. That was such a limited run. So maybe I guess my question is, why isn't Disney leaning into this property more? Because here's what you've got. You've got a princess that has a bow and arrow. So if you've got a princess or you've got a, a girl who is not into your, like, you know, tiaras and magic wands, you've got a bow and arrow... You've got bears. Bears are really fun. Uh, you've got um, you've got some really fun elements of this movie that you could really lean into. And in terms of like park experiences too, like and this is an easy dark ride. Um, you follow the wisps and 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 you you are are taken changing your fate and it, like it's an easy thing there. I just I I'm I'm curious why Disney has not leaned into this more. Maybe I, it's a better question. I I think okay, you're thinking so. Put yourself in context again for a moment. You're thinking with a post frozen mind right now, not a pre frozen mind. Frozen when it came along, defied every expectation imaginable for a Disney, a Pixar, an animated film. Like it, it literally changed everything when it came to animation. There, there is not a movie pre-frozen 
like there, there are certain tentpole franchises that have come along throughout Disney's history. You know, obviously Snow White and Seven Drawers was groundbreaking, right? And then as you move around, you know, I'm going to put Who Framed Roger Rabbit being up there as a animation and and live action combination. That was a pretty big deal. But even that, I mean, Frozen, when you think about Frozen, it comes along, it defies all expectations. One of the biggest Disney, one of the biggest critiques Disney had about some of the hits they had in the 90s was that they waited too long to capitalize on that stuff in terms of attractions at the parks, right? So with Frozen, they tried it real fast by putting, kind of shoving it into the Norway Pavilion with, you know, taking out um, um, uh, Maelstrom. Maelstrom, thank you. Um, with Moana, they jumped right on it. They're building this this water attraction thing, right? I think post-Frozen, they kind of have a plan that if something takes off, they can get something up and running pretty quick, right? Look at Adventures Campus, um, you know. But prior to Frozen, not so much. So I think Brave falls victim mm-hmm. the same way that Princess and the Frog falls victim, the same way that some of the 90s movies fall victims, that they don't go backwards, they're looking forward, right? Um I think it says a lot that Brave has never had a sequel, right? Yeah. Um, you know, despite the popularity um, where Frozen has, I don't know if Moana ever will or not. I mean, it's very rare for Disney to produce an all-out, like, theatrical release sequel. Um, but, you know, then there's franchises like Wreck-It Ralph. Where's the Where's the the attraction on that? They announced possibly something, but now it with things without there's only so much they can do i guess is what i'm trying to say and and they have to selectively choose i just don't know if braves that the one that can do that meet and greets for sure oh and and i definitely i mean i've seen her with meet and greets and other stuff like that and i'm i and and i'm not sure like you know i I threw out a dark ride but you wouldn't have to go necessarily dark ride uh because i i get a ride is a big footprint but i i guess i am just surprised that i i don't see more Merida again maybe just because I was in the Frozen era at at the Disney store that I just saw way more Frozen and that's honestly what more the current generation was on where most of the current generation wasn't watching a movie from 2012 you're watching what's current so well and think about too I mean Merida has been adopted and officially uh, coordinated into the Disney princess franchise where the two latest princesses, well, Moana finally got it, but for a while there, Moana wasn't in Anna and Elsa still have not been coordinated. I don't think they, they ever will. They never will be because on their own, they're a strong franchise. Well, and they're Queens. They're not you know, princesses not as of now, but at one point they weren't, but True. again, you know, so, so I guess my point is, you know, I think that says another thing too, is that I think you have to just be able to figure out like, you know, what's the best way to profit, make money off of it? You know, here's one thing I think that they could do to bring Merida back around. You got this Disney Plus platform. I'd love to see a TV show based on Merida. I think I think a TV show based on some of her adventures with Angus, um, uh, you know, maybe with the, with, the, with the three brothers as they start to grow up a little bit. Um, I think that could be a fun, a fun show. And, you know, because, again, she's a princess, but, you know... Uh, 
she is, but she isn't. Like she, she can go on adventures. She can go do some stuff. And I think there's some ways to to intertwine some some of that with Disney Plus and bring her back around if they really wanted to do it. Well, and they're already doing that with you know they've announced they're doing a Tiana series and I believe a Moana series as well. Okay. That that you know kind of ex- continuing that story. And with the popularity of what Disney Plus is doing, I, I, there's no reason why they why they they shouldn't, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, but but I also can understand that you know trying to revive something, you know it's 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 the whole like let's say they were to come out with a all right we're gonna we're gonna extend uh, Mowgli's story we've got a Mowgli series coming out I wouldn't be excited about no. that like I'd be like oh okay cool great and and so, if you think about the sequels or the story the extensions of stories I mean they did that with Rapunzel. The, the Rapunzel series, the Tangled series, that lasted for a couple seasons, but it's off now. Like, they didn't keep it going. It, it, it found a niche with that target demographic, but the demographic that has now grown up. So if you think about the Brave demographic, 2012, nine years ago, they were probably aiming for the the, the 7 to 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, mostly female, but some some male in there. So you figure nine years ago, uh, they're, they're at this point anywhere between 17 to 22 years old, right? So are they going to sit down and watch a TV show about Brave? Probably not. I don't know. I think I, don't know. I think the way they did Tangled the series, they did a different type of animation, which I think made it kind of fun, right? Um, I, I think I just appreciate the movie for what it is in, in the moment in time that it came out, Meredith for who she is, the story that was being told. And I think for the, 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 the little girls and boys out there who don't always fit the stereotypical prince or princess mold, Merida is a, a way to look up to somebody to look up to and say, Hey, this is someone who looks like me, you know, yeah. or someone who, who behaves like me. And I do agree that I do appreciate when Disney just kind of leaves something that's well enough alone that, you know what, that was great. And we're not going to try to do anything else with it. Yep. It's just, there it is. And here is a solid movie that you know you said 93 minutes and that was one of the things that i actually liked about it was it paced really well yep and i wasn't like looking at my watch going when is this thing over mm-hmm. um and so you you did kind of it was a nice things moved along stuff was happening and then it was over and you're like that felt really nice like that, that felt like a really solid use of my time there so yeah um yeah i i really the only bad thing I have to say about the movie, and this is a, again, a real nitpick. And even it it is that sometimes it felt like there was more meat on the bone that I wanted to chew. And this Mm. is actually very funny because, uh, I, I was like, you know, I really kind of wanted a little more of the more do backstory in Mm. there of like really what happened. Well, uh, interestingly enough, thank you. Disney plus algorithm. Pixar came out about eight years ago with a, the legend of Mordu, mm. eight minute little thing. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, insert that right into the movie and I'm in. <laughs> um, Interesting. <laughs> and so it just kind of gave a, it, it gave the exact story that was in there, but, but gave a little bit more. And, and I appreciated that. And that actually enhanced the movie a little bit more. So I'd like to learn a little bit more about the witch and kind of her story too. And, well, do you, do you know the crazy internet theory about, about her? Um, I know that they connect her, that she's Boo, right? Yes. There's, that she's so, Boo and she found a door. So again, I'm not a Monsters, I've not really, I've not seen Monsters, Inc. So 
I know I know bits and pieces of it that that that, that I, it bores me to death. I've tried. So uh, my, my understanding is, you know, obviously Boo's the little child that hangs out with the blue thing and the green thing. And um, Sully and Mike. <laughs> okay, Yes, those guys. The theory is she grows up or she finds a door and she gets kind of transported to a different part of time and grows up. Is that how it is or something like There's, that? Okay, okay. I'm going to butcher this. So really the, the, the theory is called the Pixar theory. And ultimately I feel like it's one of those, I, I'm going to say right out from the gate. It's one of those theories that somebody made when there was a set amount of films. Oh, I know the Pixar theory. I yeah. thought you were talking specifically about boo. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and that is, she's the linchpin of this. And okay. This then is the I movie. don't know this one. Then I, yeah. I know the theory about all the movies being connected together, but I didn't know she was the linchpin that held it all together. Yes, that, that the, the theory states, and, and again, I'm going to give the caveat that I, I, I think this is one of those, someone connected them, all these movies. And now as subsequent ones have come out, they're trying to shoehorn them into this theory and it just kind of falls apart. So, um, oh, the there's actually a website, PixarTheory.com, that literally, literally navigates everything you're about ready to say. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to butcher it because I, I don't understand it all. But it basically, it's like there's 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 three main like eras that go through. And it's like at one point, humans are taken over. And that's why cars that are humanoid exist. But it's but the, the thing that holds this theory all together is that... Boo is the witch and she is searching for Sully and she's the one that is like kind of keeping this whole universe connected. Again, PixarTheory.com, you can absolutely, there's a ton of YouTube videos on it. Like you can watch it um, if you're into that kind of stuff. I, I like sometimes the theories of like how everything's connected, but I also think that you can connect any movie with anything if you want to hard enough uh, you know the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, and we've done that with the. We've you know, played Disney it, trivia, yeah. Where we've you know we've connected all these movies. You can connect anything nowadays, wow. but it, that, but that is a, just an interesting. I've got some reading to do. I, yeah. I I knew that this existed. I didn't know there was a website, PixarTheory.com. This looks this looks like shout fun. out to the people at PixarTheory.com. While I don't agree with Seriously. it, uh, good work. Well, for I you guys. I don't. I, you know what? I don't necessarily don't not agree with it. It's like you know talking to and Frozen and. Rapunzel are related or, or Frozen and Little Mermaid are related. I don't know. I think there's some fun there when, when you can when you can connect universes like that. But Yeah, I think that's right. a, that is an MCU <clears throat> thing, that post-MCU we want everything to be connected. And sometimes things they just don't it, need to be connected. It, they did it so well. They did it so well. Yes. Uh, while we have a second, I know we're not going to spoil it just yet, but holy smokes, Loki, man. Uh. Loki, Loki, Loki. It is that second episode, that reveal at the end. Ugh. Holy smokes. We have an episode coming up in a couple weeks. That is Loki. You guys will hear it. Um, but I. Uh, spoiler alert. We're going to say good things about it. Unless it oh, really yeah. tanks in the last four episodes. I uh, don't <laughs> think it's going to. I, I, Miss Minutes cracks me up. I absolutely love Miss Minutes. Um, no, um, definitely better than Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I, I, I would even say it's probably better than WandaVision in my mind, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um <laughs> All right, so um, that said, it is closing time, my friends. Um, so, Matt, if they want to get a hold of us, how do they do that? You can send us an email, uh, uh, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Uh, we do really appreciate when you send us emails. We like hearing from you all. Uh, Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast. Join up on our group. We 
uh, post a lot of stuff there. Disney news. Uh, let we can be your Disney news source if you don't want to have to scroll through everything and keep <laughs> up with it all. Let us do it for you. Um, Twitter and Instagram at beers ears nineteen twenty eight. As always, if you have not already done so, please rate and review us. Uh, five stars, five stars. And I am also uh, uh, giving out this challenge to tell a friend about our podcast. Uh, you know we've. You know, Case and I were talking, not that we thought our, you know, first episodes were bad content, but I feel like we've gotten a lot better at this. We've, we've some, grown. We've grown. We've grown. And we've got some really, really great episodes coming for you. And especially with all this new content out, it, I, you know, when we started this in a pandemic where there's a drought of content, now all of a sudden we got all this new content to do. Uh we really, I, ch- I, I challenge you, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, tell someone about it. Pick your favorite episode. Have them, have them listen to it because uh, uh, we, we would really appreciate that. Yeah, upcoming episodes, just so everyone knows, a couple upcoming. We've got next week, the perks of being a D23 member. Um, the week after that is one that Matt and I are both really excited about. Top 10 Disney pet peeves parks so that's going to be fun then we got an episode coming up the history of mcdonald's and disney and then one episode where matt and i are actually going to go see a movie together for the very first time um the first time I mean, i've seen one movie since everything but this will be his first movie back we're going to review the uh, black widow which is something that kind of has a lot in our hearts because um, we actually should probably, what is it, the 19th now? We actually should probably get some um, media up in our Facebook group that if you're going to go watch Black Widow on release night, you could probably start watching the, or listening to the episodes, the MCU episodes. Oh, <laughs> again. yeah, that's right. Get those yeah. out. So, because yeah. we, we did all those back in October leading up to Black Widow. So, maybe we should get those out. But anyway, lots of good content coming down the way. Um, let's go ahead and raise our glasses. Um, this episode has been on us. Uh, we will see you back here next week. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.